0: on this edition of the Iowa Business Report.
1: We need to integrate what we're doing. We can't just do a podcast strategy, a website strategy, a live stream strategy, a social. It all has to go together.
0: Reaching audiences directly continues to take on new forms, including talking to them live. Iowa manufacturers look to strong sales in the next quarter. And we'll introduce you to a third-generation family business that's actually on its second family. This is the Iowa Business Report for the second weekend of March 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Many brands are starting podcasts and are then disappointed by the small number of downloads. One Iowa content producer says one way to maximize your podcasting is by live streaming the recordings to your existing social communities, like Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, or how about Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, and Amazon Live. We first introduced you to Christoph Trapp last year on this program during our business profile segment tied to his work found at AuthenticStorytelling.net. His fourth book, titled Going Live, has just been released. It discusses how any brand can make live streaming part of their ongoing content strategy and integrate it into his philosophy of create once, publish everywhere.
1: You know, what's interesting is a lot of people are doing podcasts, B2B, B2C, direct-to-consumer. Everybody is now doing a podcast. And so I'm always thinking about the next thing. How do I maximize what I'm doing with my content? Of course, when I grew up in journalism, I didn't have to worry about distribution, right? You got the paper, and that was it. Like, you know, end, end of the story, or you watch the TV news. But now we got to think about how do we get it in front of people? So I started experimenting with live streaming my podcast, and currently, I live stream everywhere, Amazon Live, Twitter, Periscope, LinkedIn, YouTube. And it's amazing because it changes where it gets the most views. Currently, Amazon Live has been unbelievable. I mean, I did a show this morning, 5,000 views. Crazy. So now I'm sharing with everybody what I learned, how do you do it, how do you do it quickly, um, how do you do without driving yourself crazy. And, and you know, back in the day, we had four devices next to us right, for four networks today. I do everything from my iPad. I do have a better looking mic now, um, and I do have a ring light now, but I I never used to, you know? So if you're waiting for the technology, it's an excuse. Just start.
0: You have to reach the audience where they want to be reached, correct?
1: I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. You know, I go to 20 podcast channels now, all those social networks, um, and then there's other strategies, of course, too. So you do have to figure out where people are. Now people are on Clubhouse, you know, and people say, oh, you got to try Clubhouse. You got, And I'm like, I hear you. But for example, Amazon Live right now, I'm focusing there. I don't get 5,000 listeners on, on Clubhouse, but I get them on Amazon Live. So um, I focus my energy there. But yes, is Clubhouse next? I don't know. Do I pay attention to it a little bit? So you want to find ways to be really everywhere, for lack of a better term. It's so easy for people to forget how long it actually takes to create content. So last week I was working on an article and I have a little bit of a schedule that I get into, you know, every week when I want stuff done. And last week I felt like I was running behind my own schedule. Nobody was putting any pressure on me, but it felt like I was getting it done a little later than I normally would like. And I thought, what happened this week? What happened? So I went back to my schedule and Wednesday morning between eight and eleven. I had meetings all morning. Now, somebody might say, oh, that's only like three hours. I'm like, correct. But they weren't back to back. They were 30 minutes in between. Can I go back and edit a podcast and write an article for 30 minutes? I kind of can, but it takes me time to get back into it. What did I just write? What was I thinking? Whatever, right? So this is another thing people have to remember. When you have content creators, don't just talk to them all day long. Don't put them in meetings all day long put them to work, what they're actually should be doing. And that's writing or podcast production or, you know, whatever. And there's all these different things now that you have to focus on. Um, I'll give you another example, podcasts, you know, I mean, there's so many channels Uh, used to be Alexa devices. Now she's responding. Of course you had to put together a blueprint. Now, as long as you're on Amazon music, which you have to manually submit to you're on there. That's it. The end. No development work necessary. You know, at the end of the day, I always would recommend to tie it back to your content strategy. So make sure you have a content strategist. Sure. You know, so not just somebody who can do all the technical stuff, but also for it to tie it all together, right? It's just something to think about. But the technology, it's getting easier and easier, quite frankly. And, and sometimes, Jeff, people, they are worried because they're going live. But here's the thing. I don't even think about you and I. I mean, I know we're not live, but I don't even think of us as doing a podcast interview. I think of this as we're just chatting. I'm not worried about saying the right thing or the wrong thing. I'm just saying what I think might be helpful. And some people might disagree and some people might agree. Just think of it as a conversation. And then when you go live, it helps you be even more human, right? Because there's no editing. There's nothing. Like once you say it, you say it. And just kind of roll with it, you know? And, and here's the other thing. My first live streams, they were horrible. Terrible. My first few podcasts, terrible. Horrible. My first guest appearance terrible. Now I'm better. You just learn as you go, and that's kind of how you do it today.
0: But that's what I like, too, about what you do, is that you're very open about saying... I have learned some things, but I do not claim to have all the answers and all of this is a work in progress. And so when you post a series of photos that say, I'm trying out some new backgrounds, what do you think? I think that really helps a connection with the audience because it's very organic. Is it not?
1: It is, but, but it does take a little bit of getting used to, right? Because some people won't like it. And here's the thing. I don't like it either. Right? So, and I even said that. So why are you adding me about how you don't like it or whatever? I'm not a good designer. Um, you know, but I posted it. I thought it was kind of funny that it looked so horrible, and uh, you know, you just kind of keep rolling with it and figure out what uh, what you're going to do next. Um, on the flip side, sometimes I post a book cover and somebody says, "Hey, who designed your book cover? I really like it." I'm like, "Oh, I did it in Canva. I'm not a designer, so again, I'm not a designer, and we do need designers. So don't sure. add me if you're a designer. How oh, I don't <laughs> like designers. I love designers, but there are some things." you they're getting easier and easier and i don't know if you heard this um a few years ago adobe one of their vps actually said we will get to the point where you sit in front of your computer and you voice dictate a design or a video so you don't even click the buttons Mm -hmm. so instead of you know clicking the buttons you say please do this and blah 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 and it does you know it does i don't know how specific it'll have to be but my point is things are getting easier and easier I was never a video producer. I was never a podcast host. I was never any of that. I was a writer, you know, but now I got basically what amounts to a studio here in my office. Um, so these things are getting easier and easier um, to do. Now, on the flip side, Jeff, you still got to have good content. Oh. I mean, just because you have a good ring light doesn't mean anybody will care about what you have to say. <laughs>
0: Well, and again, it goes back to uh, in the original days of audio. Anyone can have a radio show, but you get to keep it if you have something to say. And so in the book, Going Live, live stream your podcast to reach more people. What do you think is the most common fallacy or misconception people have about this topic that you're addressing in the most recent book?
1: Well, what's interesting about that is I don't know that there is a lot of those out there yet because it is relatively new. So everybody always kind of, you know, it's like you have the early adopters, then you have like the people right after, and then it kind of, there's like this trailing curve. And everybody is, a lot of people are currently on the podcast curve. And I saw that because um, podcasts jumped from like 1 million to like 2 million, like overnight. So I think people are still trying to do that. And then some people realize they do a podcast and they got 30 views you know, or 30 downloads or whatever, listens. How do we maximize what we're already doing anyways? And this is one way to do it. People want quick results and they don't usually come in content. Um, And even when you throw a lot of money behind it, then it can come a little quicker, but it's still a marathon. We need to integrate what we're doing. We can't just do a podcast strategy, a website strategy, a live stream strategy, a social, it all has to go together. And this, in my opinion, and what I've seen works, I mean, because it's just another easy way to get your content out there. I was actually talking to an author earlier, who published his book, um, and he has a virtual book reading, like somewhere. And I said, Why don't you do the virtual book reading on Amazon? And he goes, that's a great idea. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why not? You're already doing it, like, just push it to Amazon. So just that's, that's what I would recommend. Think about how do you maximize what you're doing?
0: Content producer Christoph Trapp shares tips around content marketing and business storytelling online at authenticstorytelling.net. His new book is called Going Live: Livestream Your Podcast to Reach More People. It was released this month. We spoke via Zoom on Monday, February 8th. Still to come, another example of optimism for Iowa businesses and operating a statewide business from a small-town base. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa's Business Ownership Transition Initiative. Free workshops on ESOPs and worker co-ops twice each month. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com and on LinkedIn and Facebook. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry surveys its members each quarter, looking ahead to expected results in sales, employment levels, and capital expenditures. Results from the second quarter 2021 survey were released this past week, and the numbers one year after the pandemic-related shutdown are quite positive. 65% of survey respondents expect sales to expand in the next three months. That's compared with only 55% at the start of this year, and only 47% at this time a year ago, as the effects of the pandemic were just beginning to be felt. Iowa ABI President Mike Ralston says that enhanced growth is due to pent-up demand, as well as low inventories. He notes that many people saved money during the economic shutdown, and now they're ready to spend it. The survey also showed that just under half, 45%, expect the number of employees in their business to grow in the second quarter. That's down a bit from 52% going into the first quarter of this year, but a huge difference from this time last year. Last year, only 19% said the number of employees would grow. Now... 45%. And in a show of long-term investment, 65% say they plan to make capital expenditures soon compared with 68% three months ago and 56% a year ago. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is made up of 1,500 member companies employing more than 333,000 Iowans. Roughly half of the member companies are manufacturers. Coming up, A company that can help you with your basic hardware needs or install a full geothermal system for your home or business. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Family Business Center. The next family breakfast series session on fair and equal compensation, questions about pay in a family business, Will be on Friday, March 26th. Learn more at advanceiowa.com. The first week of March means the annual Hawkeye Farm Show in Cedar Falls, with more than 250 exhibitors filling the floor of the Unidome. Last year's event was the last before COVID. This year's was one of the first large events of its kind post pandemic. While there, I spoke with Jake Robbie of Robbie Hardware a company that has grown tremendously over the past four decades well beyond a single storefront
2: the kubachek brothers back in the day clarence and charles kubachek and i remember them growing up my dad bought the the retail hardware business from them in seventy nine i tell you what old charlie and clarence they they hung around for a long long time they're no longer with us now but they were great guys and they had a really good business and they took care of the farmers you know they They had to know plumbing and heating and electrical and take care of all these small farms, you know, before these farms have gotten awful big anymore. (laughs) Nevertheless, uh, we used to do appliances and everything uh, at the hardware store as well as take care of, you know, plumbing, heating, electrical. Of course, times change and you evolve. If you're going to survive, I actually... uh, uh, when I was eighteen, you know, I was a lot smarter than my dad. You know, well, uh, eighteen course, years, sure. you know, <laughs> so I had to go figure out life for myself. And, <laughs> and actually, I ended up in the Marine Corps, and that was probably one of the neatest things I had done. You know, it grew me up. Right now, kind of gave me a lot of focus, a lot of structure. I uh, had some great, great leadership in the in the Marines. After the Marines, I still did, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, so I came up to UNI up here and actually uh, uh, studied criminology for a while, um, about two and a half years. And after the GI Bill money had run out and uh, whatnot, I ended up right. I went around the world, and ended up back where I started. I bought my uncle out, which was a silent partner, and Dad and I became partners in uh, May of '94. Golly, by 2000, there was about 10 of us. Um, started off there was four of us, and then there was 10 of us by 2000. I retired my dad, surround myself with great employees, uh, just let them make their own uh, decisions and mistakes, and learn from them. Today, there's 42 of us. Um, my son, Caleb, went to college down at Iowa, studied some business, which we really needed for this size of a company. And uh, he's been with us full time now three years. So we're starting third generation. You know, very strong business. We do many, many things and do them
0: really well. That's really a great story because not only are you now in the third generation over a, what, 42 year period, but then you add the legacy of the other family business, talk about an institution of the community there's nothing wrong with stores for diy folks these days but to me nothing beats going to the local small town hardware store where somebody (laughs) like me can walk in and say i need something and i get served
2: yeah no it's it's fantastic and yeah we get a lot of pressure from the from the big chains but honestly i enjoy the same thing i enjoy going to other communities with hardware stores and just walking the aisles and if uh customer needs one quarter inch washer it doesn't necessarily have to be in a bubble pack and i love that
0: (laughs) (laughs) because i need one i didn't need ten exactly and i'll never remember where i put the other nine all right so your main location with the store is in blairstown yes but you added a location because jake as you said you got to we grow, growing. you got to change to survive, and, and so now we find you right there in the heart of Vinton, too.
2: Yeah, we're in Vinton there.
0: We got, we got into Vinton
2: almost 15 years ago, and uh, we have a retail showroom there, if you will. Um, really wanted to get into a lot more of the fireplaces, you know, because there isn't a lot of fireplace showrooms that are really nice, and people want to see them. And, and so we built that, and back in the day, we even uh, sold some hot tubs and stuff in there, too, uh, don't do that anymore, but we certainly have capitalized on the on the hearth industry in our area. The big thing is we got a lot of REC rural customers, rural electric cooperative customers and and there's all kinds of RECs. Hmm. But the big thing is is we didn't necessarily have a solution for the REC member, if you will, for solar. Today we do. I personally, my home is on an REC. Last year, we finally found a commercial grade tracker to where I track the sun, both at pitch and the azimuth, from sun up to sundown. Um, by 9 o'clock this morning, I was already at peak performance. By 8 o'clock, I was, you know, 70%, already, oh. and it'll go all day long. I and mean, that self-consumption allows us, with the RECs, to reduce that energy cost, even if they don't have a net metering policy.
0: And that is such a great evolution that makes things more efficient. It makes it more economical. The return on investment on some of these systems now, boy, that's a a sea change. Yeah, and it really all
2: starts with what your usage history is. Um, In other words, your kilowatt-hour usage, the cost of the kilowatt-hours. From there, we can calculate and design a system. I can show you the return on investment, the payback in years, for some certain farms and businesses, we can always look at uh, writing a USDA REAP grant. We've been hugely successful with that. It's really cool that, that we're able to do that for people, and we got a good grant writer that writes the grants. I know hog confinements, you know, are, are huge energy consumers, and you know, uh, just not but three weeks ago, um, I sold twelve of these trackers to four different hog confinements down by the conesville area you know so i mean we get all over the state of iowa doing what we do everything's installed by us i mean uh, we are electricians we are HVAC specialists we're plumbers as well so there's nothing mechanically we don't do and it's all done by our guys
0: again it's something that you design the systems for people you don't often have somebody who thinks they know more than you do say this is what i want you're able to take someone like me who doesn't know what he wants But I can tell you, here's what my situation is. Here's my square footage of my house. This is how much land I have. Here are my buildings. You can then craft what the most optimal situation is for that customer.
2: You're 100% spot on there, Jeff. The biggest thing that I see in this industry is you have a lot of salespeople out there that just want to sell something. And it isn't the right design. It isn't the right size. It can be overdone. It can be completely underdone. I'm not your guy If <laughs> to just sell you something. Um, I'm all about design. Not only do we talk about the usage history of the last three years, but I really get in my customers' heads with regard to, do you see electric vehicles in the future? You know, um, a young couple, you know, that's going to be raising a family, their, their consumption is going to be going up over time. Um, you know, if I see uh, teenagers in the home when I'm visiting the home, them kilowatt hours are going to leave the nest someday, so maybe we don't need design for them kilowatt hours being used. Does geothermal in your future. So design is everything with me. I mean, I want the ability for my customer to call me someday and say, hey, Jake, uh, you know, we talked about that electric vehicle. Hey, we got one on order. What can we do now? If I design my inverters right, I can easily add a few more modules Without screwing up a, uh, a net metering policy, for the guy that just buys a system to buy a system, there isn't anybody out there that's producing half of their electricity that's happy with their system. They want the other half. They always call back. Mm-hmm. You know, so we try to get it right the first time, even if the whole enchilada isn't you know in the in the budget today. Uh, we can certainly design to add to that and enhance that down the road.
0: Jake Robbie of Robbie Hardware online at rabehardware.com. We spoke during a break at the Hawkeye Farm Show in Cedar Falls earlier this month. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including iHeart, Google, and Apple. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week.